Welcome to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson, and back with me is Julia Monin. Julia, welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was uh, nice having a week off and getting to tune in like everybody else when it's released and getting to hear the wisdom of you and Grace. Thank you again, Grace, for filling in for me. It was good. She gave us the thumbs up. Yeah. I have a few comments I have to share. few comments. Okay. <laughs> Father right. Sean asked before we hit record, do you want to talk about you being gone or we just move on? I'm like, oh no, I, we got to talk about it. Because okay. I thought, first of all, after the end of the show, I desperately wanted to eat a bag of potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> How many times you mentioned potato chips? But I was like, I would could really go for some potato chips. If you were going to binge on potato chips, what would they be? Oh, yeah, that's a really great question. I don't know. Okay, when when you were talking about them, I just wanted a good old fashioned bag of like regular Lay's Mm. salty potato chips. Yeah, so that's what came to mind. What about you? Uh, That's an easy question. Yeah. So Aldi carries the Clancy's potato Mm -hmm. chip. Their cheddar sour cream potato chips are incredible. Really? Yes. Wow. But I'm I'm trying to stay away from. Okay. So don't buy him. Don't I like I'm dead serious. serious. I will just give them away. Don't do it. Okay. Wow, that's good to know though. Yeah. Those chips. Oh my gosh. I got friends that come up and visit, and they expect those chips to be there. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> to which my response is: There's Aldi's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> go get your own bag. Right. And they're cheap. Go yeah. get them. Yeah. But it's a <laughs> Although you got to bring a quarter for your cart. That is true. Unless you just carry carry around carry around a box, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thirty bags of <laughs> chips. <laughs> all right. What other comments do you have, Julia? Um, honestly, I think that was it. The potato chip one. You guys did really good. Um, Grace, you did awesome. Thank you so much for filling in again. And it was sin. I was kind of bummed, actually, because I'm like, it's sin. It's the only topic I actually know anything about. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only one I would consider myself an expert in. And I didn't get to talk about it. But it was good. I I did think it was funny. Yeah. I think he was kind of like, will you stop talking about it, please? Oh, (laughs) yeah. So it was good. Mm. But it was good. Thank you, Grace. I'm excited to be back. Great. We have another great topic. Yeah. I don't know. Do we ever tell you what the topic is? <laughs> yeah. Grace <laughs> okay. texted me okay. and I caught it at the end when you officially threw the dart. Oh, that's so right. it was all good. That's right. Okay. So we're on the Holy Spirit paragraph 731 through um, 741. So just 11 short paragraphs. This is, we're in the first section. We're on the creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit is our, our the Lord, the giver of life. Um, that's where we are in the creed. And there's some parts about what Jesus talks about the spirit uh, the Old Testament in the Spirit, and now we're in the Spirit in the Church in the last days. That's that's this, and it's it's spiritual. You say that. <laughs> I have a question. I feel like I'm like holding it a sneeze right now. Did we pray? Oh my gosh! It, I feel like we didn't. I got I talking about did. potato chips. <laughs> yeah, we never prayed. So can we do that? Name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill our hearts. Fill our hearts with the presence and the peace of Jesus Christ. Share with us your wisdom, share with us your knowledge, and open up hearts to receive the goodness of the love of our Lord. We ask that you may be with all of those listening to this podcast, that they may experience a deeper deeper um, relationship with Jesus Christ. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Wow, thanks for catching that. Yeah, well, it did feel like that. Something's missing. Oh. <laughs> Something's missing. Something's missing. All right, Father Sean. So beginning... 
The Spirit in the Church in the Last Days, paragraph 731. On the day of Pentecost, when the seven weeks of Easter had come to an end, Christ's Passover is fulfilled in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, manifested, given, and communicated as a divine person. Of his fullness, Christ the Lord pours out the Spirit in abundance. Truth. <laughs> yeah. What else do you say? Yeah. Truth. So, it, and uh, hopefully everybody listening knows the story of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. So Pentecost happens in the Acts of the Apostles, the second start of the second chapter, where Jesus in the first chapter ascends into heaven after 40 days from his resurrection. He ascends into heaven, says, I'm going to send, I'm going to, you will get power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then they wait for 10 days, praying for 10 days or nine. It's where you get the first novena, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, and then on the 50th day after his resurrection, the Holy Spirit comes in like tongues of fire, like a strong driving wind um, upon them. And then they just go out like gangbusters. And this is, you know, when you think about the the Acts of the Apostles, normally you think of like the first half is all Peter doing his work, mm-hmm. and then it kind of switches to Paul after Paul has his conversion, and he goes all over the Mediterranean, gets shipwrecked, and all that stuff. But it's really the book of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like the Acts of the Apostles, you just, it's always the Spirit that drives them and the Holy Spirit. So, um, so yeah, so that kicks off in Pentecost in the Upper Room, Chapter 2. That's what we're talking about today. The Holy Spirit. So then continuing in 732, by his coming, which never ceases, the Holy Spirit causes the world to enter into, quote unquote, the last days, Mm-mm. the time of the church, the kingdom already inherited, though not yet consummated. That is a really dope sentence. It is. <laughs> it is a dope sentence. So by his coming, by the Holy Spirit's coming, the Holy Spirit causes the world to enter into the last days, now, this time of the church. The kingdom already inherited, though not yet consummated. So we are this Easter people living in the last days. Yeah, and oftentimes we think of the last days being like, all right, you've got whatever, you've got seven weeks, and that's the apocalyptic end or whatever, Mm. you know, whatever the end is. But Mm. these are really the last days, and that's it's directly quoting Scripture. You know, they talk. St. Paul constantly talks about this being the last the last days when the Holy Spirit and that, and maybe it, it kind of gets to that because the first part of that sentence is about the Trinity is fully revealed. Now that God is fully known, this is, this is it. There's nothing else for God to, he shared everything he can while keeping our free will. And um, yeah, so this is, this is it. This is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. We have, yeah. I, and we've talked about that before about God revealing himself to us over the course of salvation history. And so to think about that, that we're living right. in this time. And so the, the, the challenge perhaps of our time isn't that we're waiting for something to be revealed. The challenge of our time is this, this apathetic, this coldness of heart that grows Mm. because it has been revealed. Right. And it's been revealed now for thousands of years. And so it becomes, um, we become almost immune to it, I guess, in a sense. So we have to watch out for this being apathetic and like growing in our coldness of heart. Right. Cause there's nothing quote unquote new that God right. is revealing. And so we have to love him in a way where 
we don't get bored. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was thinking of a child because um, sometimes you, you, when children get so many toys, right? They just mm-hmm. go from one toy to the next toy and to the next toy, and they always want more toys mm-hmm. because the ones they have they get sick of. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, you you wish maybe you just had one toy and they could just get fascinated with this one toy, which is why Legos are the greatest toy ever because Legos you continually remake them, mm-hmm. right? They you, they continue to become new. They be get they get remade, mm-hmm. um, but it's just one thing, and they're just just constantly. Um, you're just constantly working with that one, that one toy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we have to be, right? There's this one toy that we're just not running from the next thing to the next thing. Like what's next going to be revealed? What's mm-hmm. next going to be revealed? Mm-hmm. And really we're just like, Oh no, what's this? We keep re being getting something new out of what's already there. Yeah. Maybe like Lincoln mm-hmm. logs are the OG Legos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause I thought about, cause I was thinking like, what about in, old, the frontier times. It's like, they probably had Lincoln logs. Like as I was talking, that's where my brain was. Sorry. Inside into your brain. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I, you said something there. I I was like another quotable, go back, rewind and write that down. Mm. I already forget it. It was like, we have to find newness and what has already been revealed. You said it much better than that. That was the gist of it. But I think maybe we should back up a little bit because I realized we might have we might have uh, missed something. We did is just Pentecost. What Pentecost is? Because Pentecost was a Jewish feast. Okay, like it starts it the Jewish. It's the feast day when they celebrate the law being given. Mm. Pentecost fifty mm. days, and Moses reveals Moses given this uh, the law. Mm. But now that instead of the law, we're given the Spirit. So instead mm. of um, the faith being completely exterior, right? Like the law coming outside of us to tell us the way to behave. Now it's the spirit, which is given inside of us to transform how we behave from the inside out rather than exterior prescriptions. Now it's an interior uh, redemption. So, so like it's, it's this old being, it's fulfilling what was given to us in the old Testament. So mm. that's just like an important, like Pentecost thing that it, mm-hmm. it, it builds off the old Testament understanding of Pentecost and the Jewish faith. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of the law now we're given the spirit hmm. that's good stuff thank you yeah yeah don't want to miss that no definitely not yeah so the law is written on our hearts right, right? okay yeah all right the holy spirit the next section paragraph 733 through 736 is it's titled god's the holy gift. spirit god's gift yeah. yes god is love and love is his first gift containing all others God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's poetic. It's quoting the letter to the Romans. Mm-hmm. I think somebody wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit comes to bring us God's love. And that is every sense of, um, in, in just in like Trinitarian theology, like God is the one, the father is the one who, who loves the son is the one who receives the love and the Holy Spirit's the love that bonds them. So like the Holy Spirit's love, the fact that he is love is so real that it's a third person, right? You get that in marriage, right? Mm-hmm. It, the the love between a husband and a wife takes a third person, the child. Mm-hmm. So, um, so he's this love that then is given out to us. That's so deep that it flows out into our hearts that he's this, this love poured into our hearts. Mm. Yeah. I didn't set you up for anything there. I just kind of, no, that's good. Yeah. I, honestly, these paragraphs are, I was trying to like pull, pull out things like they just kind of stand on their own, but they so like, I just feel like they, they deserve to Ew. all kind of be read in their entirety. Um, because we are dead or at least wounded through sin. This is quoting paragraph 734. 
because we are dead or at least wounded through sin, the first effect of the gift of love is the forgiveness of our sins. The communion of the Holy Spirit in the church restores to the baptized the divine likeness lost through sin. So this is the first effect of this gift. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. You don't think of like, what's the first thing that love does? It forgives. Mm. And I mean, to think about that with somebody, um, somebody that you meet, right? Like the, the first thing it means to love this person is to forgive them of their sins. Mm. But Jesus did that all the time, right? Jesus walks around and says, you know, your sins are forgiven. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the mercy is the first effect of love. Mm. It's a mind blowing line from the catechism. It really is. Actually, now that you put it like that, that really is. <laughs> yeah. It's not like giving gifts. It's not giving like spiritual gifts, the love mm-hmm. or like even feeling it. Mm-hmm. it. The first thing that it gives is forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, which is important. You know, if we want to tell people to like how to return back to the Catholic church or how to experience God's love, the first thing is to have sins forgiven. Um, I guess you have to recognize you're sinful if you need to, you know, if you need to have them forgiven, but that like mm-hmm. the confessionals, that first line of getting restored to the Lord because it's the first place you experience his love. That's the order. Well, and quite simply, we can't give what we haven't already received. Mm. And so you can't give love if you haven't let yourself be loved in the fullness of that. And that includes allowing yourself to be forgiven. Right. And that includes admitting that and, and owning up to the ways that um, we've fallen short. Sure. So, All right. Um, He then gives us the pledge or first fruits of our inheritance, the very life of the Holy Trinity, which is to love as God has loved us. So again, I guess along those same lines, um, that the first fruits of this life in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Trinity, is that we can then love the way God has Mm. loved us, that that we've received this love, we've received this mercy, that we can then go give that Right. right. <clears throat> okay. And then it shows up in concrete fruits, right? That's the next one, 736. Can bear much fruit. And then it goes through the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So those are the signs that the Spirit is at work, which, like, that's not uh, that's not always the list that you think of. Mm-hmm. You know, if, how, how's God working? Well, you know, I'm whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any good examples that's not on that list. <laughs> well, I, you know what I'm thinking of right now is I'm thinking of, you know, we do like surveys and things like that to try to gauge, um, is this good? Is this something that is bearing fruit? And so we ask questions on like official surveys, you know, how was your experience or blah, 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 right? right. Rate this, rate this. But I often have thought, especially when I like worked here in the church and we were like trying to um, analyze our programming and things like that. I often like went here and said, mm. okay, what are the fruits of this particular work? Are we seeing these fruits of the spirit? Are people growing in their love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? And of course those are hard things to like gauge on a, gauge. on a number scale. Right. Yeah. But this is how we know that, that the Lord, the Holy spirit is at work when we start to see these fruits. Yeah, and to see it in ourselves too, mm-hmm. to see, oh gosh, God's working because, you know, I have some self-control when I, the bag of potato chips is in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yep. <clears throat> but oh. that's so true. And we have to constantly do that because even in our own lives of prayer, like we can't just gauge our prayer by, am I showing up every day? We have to look at like the effects of our prayer life. Mm. Is it actually, is my prayer life actually bearing fruit? And it's not always based on feelings. Like there are times we maybe feel really close to God or we feel really consoled by him or 
we're hearing him talk to us. And so we're having all these consolations. But there are a lot of times prayer is hard and it's dry and you keep showing up and you're like, he said nothing again to me today. And it's in those moments, especially that we need to look at the effects of prayer in our life. So are you growing in these things? Are you growing in love? Are you growing in charity? Are you growing in joy? Are you growing in peace? Are you growing in self-control? And if you can look at that and say, yes, like honestly, then you can be sure that even if your prayer is dry, and even if you're not getting all these feel-good feelings anymore, that the Lord is at work in your life and in the life of your soul. So they're good little indicators to check yourself on. Yeah? Great. So the next section is uh, entitled The Holy Spirit in the Church and just describes a lot of the ways the Holy Spirit works in the church. Mm-hmm. All those, I don't know if you, like, if they were in your copy of the catechism, they were italicized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that... Um, the Holy Spirit prepares. Prepares people, yeah, to receive our Lord, which is great. Like, like we, there's somebody going out and doing the, the behind-the-scenes work first, mm-hmm. so that even if you're, you're worried about, you know, you talking to somebody about the faith or, like, mm-hmm. talking to somebody about what God's done in your life, like, the Holy Spirit's already at work preparing them to receive it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man. Takes so much pressure off yeah. of us. Oh man. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I've had that so many times. I know there was one time I had to a couple was coming to um coven about talking about their convalidation. So they wanted to get married in the church. And you know, they got married outside the church, which isn't good. Um, but you know, you gotta have that conversation. Since you got married outside the church, you kind of turned away from the church. Not you kinda did, but you did. Mm-hmm. And so you really shouldn't go to communion to get your marriage convalidated. <clears throat> and I was fresh out of the seminar. I was worried sick about this conversation because mm-hmm. you just want to be the nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I said like, this is what the church teaches and this is what we're asking you. And they just looked at me and they go, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy spirit prepared them yes. to receive that. Yeah. Oh. So, okay. That was easy. <laughs> yeah. It's it always going to be like this. Mm. It's not always like that. <laughs> it's not, but then yeah. the Holy spirit is preparing you <laughs> to right. be on the other end of that. If, right. it, if it doesn't quite go that easily. Okay. So the Holy spirit prepares the Holy spirit manifests. Yeah. Manifests the risen Lord to them. Right. And calls to mind. So maybe that would be like, as Jesus is talking about the spirit, he said, he will teach you all things. Like Mm -hmm. you will be reminded through the Holy spirit. So he's that memory of the church and reveals Christ to us. Even in our own present, our own present day, he makes, Mm -hmm. he makes Christ present. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, that was the next one. That was the next one. Yeah. He makes (laughs) He makes present the mystery of Christ supremely in the Eucharist in order to reconcile them. Mm-hmm. So you think about it, so in that um, at that point, you know, at the part of the mass where the priest holds his hands over the gifts of bread and wine, and normally the bells rung, like that's when the Holy Spirit's being called down to make present uh, Jesus Christ in the in the body or in the the bread and the wine to become His body and blood, just like the Holy Spirit made Christ present in the womb of the Blessed Virgin, right? right? Mm. It's the Holy Spirit that overshadows her, and through the Holy Spirit, she's going to conceive. So mm. so the Holy Spirit makes Christ present in the womb of Mary and in the sacraments. He's doing a lot. Holy Spirit, man. man. Okay. And then the Holy Spirit brings them into communion with God. Yeah. That was the fourth. Prepares, manifests, makes present, brings them into communion with God, that they may bear much fruit. All right. And then that, that gets continued. So the, the mission of the Holy, so we talk about, there's a lot in here about the mission of the spirit and the mission of the son and how they have a joint mission. Mm -hmm. And that, that mission is to draw people into communion with God. That's with the father. That's always, that's Jesus plan. Like that's why, that's why I was sent. I was, I come to call the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I mean, then the Holy spirit does that. 
but that gets manifest. I think it says um, the church is the sacrament of the Holy Spirit, so it makes present the Spirit's work of drawing people in that mission, mm-hmm. of drawing people into into reconciliation with with Christ. So, mm-hmm. so the church is important for this, right? It's not just a purely spiritual thing. The church physically does this. Mm-hmm. Um, the church is sent to announce, bear witness, make presence, and spread the mystery of the communication of the Holy Trinity. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Then we jump on to the last three paragraphs of this section, which kind of point us to, um, we're, we're still in part one of the catechism, and it's interesting how they point us to like where we're going. And this is covered in part two. This is covered in part three. This is covered in part four. And this Holy Spirit's role in all of mm-hmm. those parts. Yeah. <clears throat> right. So the part two part. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit is the anointing of Christ, it is Christ who, as the head of the body, pours out the Spirit among his members. Through the church's sacraments, Christ communicates his holy and sanctifying Spirit to the members of his body. So then it goes on. This will be the topic of part two, the sacraments, right? Yep, how the people are made holy through the sacraments. That's Spirit's role. And then these mighty works of God offered to believers in the sacraments of the church bear their fruit in the new life in Christ, according to the Spirit. This is the topic of part three. The moral life, yeah? Yeah, life in Christ mm-hmm. that is essentially tied to the Holy Spirit and his work to bring about that new life inside of us, just like the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. And then the last paragraph, 741, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes with sighs too deep for words. The Holy Spirit, the artisan of God's work, is the master of prayer. And then this is the topic of part four, the life of prayer. That last line. Do you hear that? The Holy Spirit, the artisan of God's work. Like mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is the artist behind everything that the Lord does to make it beautiful, to make it, to make it glorious. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's primarily yesterday we had all saints day that primarily takes work in the life of the saints, right? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit works in those saints life through prayer. Um, gosh, it's just such a great line that he's the master of prayer. So because the Holy Spirit prays inside of us, because we don't know how to pray as we ought. Mm-hmm. And, Man, when we learn that, our prayer can take off. We yeah. realize, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, good. The Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. here to help. Mm-hmm. Take so, over. What are some practical ways in your own life? Because I feel like that was kind of short relative to what we normally do. But what are some, like, practical ways in your own life that you, um, I guess, grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Or, like, I don't know, dispose yourself to be a better instrument in the Holy Spirit or to receive the gifts of the Spirit in yeah. better ways? Got anything? I've got a handful of things, but they're not terribly concrete because of the way the Holy Spirit works, right? The Holy Spirit is never like the focus. He's the one, like even you think about um, like in the Acts of the Apostles, Peter and Paul are the ones that are acting, but it's really the Holy Spirit that's behind the scenes and, and pushing and moving and prodding and encouraging, whatever it may be. But it's the same way in Jesus's life. Right, you think about when at the baptism, when he's baptized, then the next line is, and the, the Spirit pushed him out into the desert. Mm-hmm. Right, the, the Holy Spirit pushes Christ, so there's this relationship between the two of them. So it's not, you know, like it's not always clear how the Holy Spirit's working because sometimes we say, oh, this is truly the, the Holy Spirit at work. And sometimes that's really hard because our own free will gets so like tied into God's work that it's in the moment, it's kind of hard to tell. I think in the rear view mirror, you can really see the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. at work, when particular conversations happen or somebody comes into your life, like, holy cow, like I, I didn't even know it when this person showed up, but this mm-hmm. is, this is the way the Holy spirit wanted things to work. Um, you know, when I am like certain that the Holy spirit is at work, like you said, in like the rear view in hindsight is when, um, there's some sort of fruit that was born from something that I myself considered perhaps even insignificant, or you really recognize your weakness and your imperfections and how limited you are in your own abilities, but yet something fruitful yeah. happened and you're like, well, it couldn't have been me. Yeah. <laughs> so it had to be the Holy spirit. Right. Um, anyway. Yeah. There's been a handful of times where like after a homily, sometimes you like walk back to the chair and you mm-hmm. bow to the altar and like, I blew that yeah, one. Right. And then somebody comes up to you afterwards like, Oh my gosh, father, you said that. And it just, it struck me so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm pretty sure that must yeah. have been the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, those weren't my words. I'm not that I don't wise. know what ho- I don't know what homily you heard, but. <laughs> but it's true though, right? Yeah. And I think the more that we are able to surrender our imperfections and our our weaknesses and our shortcomings, then the more we learn to trust in the movings and the promptings of the Holy Spirit, right? Right. Um, that 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 it almost becomes more powerful when we're able to surrender that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that gives us an excuse, an excuse to um, give up or to oh yeah be apathetic or anything like that. Right. But um, there is a sense of surrender that needs to go with allowing the Holy Spirit to move through you and to others. Yeah, absolutely. And so the Holy Spirit's always drawing us to Jesus. Right? That's always the work, you know, because He's making Christ present. He's drawing us into communion with the Church. So. Although we might lose focus sometimes on the way the Holy Spirit works, sometimes he's the forgotten person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how some people think that's a bigger issue than others. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe it's huge. Maybe it's detrimental. Mm-hmm. But the Holy Spirit's always working in Christ, is always working to draw us into Christ. And so anytime people are coming towards the sacraments, even if they don't realize it, I think the Holy Spirit's perfectly happy with that, even if people are, you know, they come to know Jesus better, like the Holy Spirit's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I did that. Mm-hmm. Not that he's like arrogant like that. <laughs> right. Right. But there's not like a sense of jealousy between yeah, the Holy yeah. Spirit and Christ the Son. Like, right. Right. They have that joint mission. Yeah. Everything's coming back to the Father. And as long as that right. happens. Right. Can you one more time for our myself more so than anyone else <laughs> repeat what you had said because it was so good and I want to put it in my memory bank and pray about it about the um father son and spirit and the giver and the receiver and the bond oh do you have spare paper yeah you going to draw something for I me? am going to draw something okay yeah okay. here draw it in my book you mean draw, draw it in my your book? book how are you okay. guys, are you guys going to see this we can I, hold it up okay we'll hold it up you sure you want me to draw in Absolutely. the back of your Absolutely, I want you to draw in my book. All right, this is Trinitarian Theology 101. Okay. All right? Okay. So you have the Father, mm-hmm. right? And the Father gives all of his love to the Son, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's what we know, that uh, everything, and we we um, we hear that in the Creed, right? Uh, God from God, life, he's begotten, he's not made, everything that the Son comes from the Father. Mm-hmm. But the Son gives everything back to the Father, right? Mm-hmm. The Son gives everything Back to back to the Father, like into your hands, Father, I commend my mm-hmm. spirit. So there's this great relationship of love between the Father and Son. So they so there's one that gives love, there's one that receives love. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Son gives us love, but primarily he receives the love. And uh and the the bond that's between them is so real that the love between them is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now here's here's the the so let's just show this if the audience wants to see. 
The father gives the love. The son returns the love. He's the he's totally uh, receptive, but the love between them is so real that it becomes a third person, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The crazy thing about this is this is how marital intimacy works also, mm-hmm. right? There's one that primarily gives love. There's one that primarily receives love. Mm-hmm. And the love between them is so real that it becomes a third person, a child. Mm-hmm. Like that. Right. These are letters and arrows, people. These are letters and arrows. <laughs> this is probably going to win. Um, an illus- this is going to be the best illustrated catechism ever. So that is. So some people will want this. People will pay a lot of money for this particular they can catechism. draw it themselves. It's got your it's not that hard. handwritten yeah. uh, drawing on it. Okay, well, thank so, you for that. I don't know if the drawings are as good as uh, the explanation in the moment. Probably better. I yeah, don't know. I don't think good. any of it's particularly good. but <laughs> No, it's good. That's good to know. And I, yeah, okay. That's what I wanted to hear about too. And I'm glad you tied in the um, role of man and woman too into that, right? The man is primarily the giver. The woman's primarily the receiver, right? And mm-hmm. that's a lot for us to ponder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But here's here's the fascinating thing about all that, because that same diagram you can use in the church so often, mm-hmm. because it's why I think women have a particular insight into um, into um, into just faith, because Christ takes that role of total giver, right? And the church is the one that receives everything from Christ, mm-hmm. and the love between them, between Christ and the church, is so real that it should produce new children, mm-hmm. new offspring. But women have that that role as that receiver, just as the church has that role of receiving from Christ um, the love of the the love of the Lord. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's like whole bridal imagery of the church that follows that same that same sort of pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do not get me started. I will not stop talking about that. So we will not get started okay. <laughs> on that because I've given my own uh, presentations on that and the bridal imagery and the role of women or women in the church and this receiving aspect of it. And, you know, women too, just being um, predisposed in a way, I guess, according to our nature to... I don't know. It's almost like the life of faith, the, the mystical life, um, perhaps comes a little easier to women mm-hmm. just because of who we are made to be. So, right. Anyway, and probably you know, for a male only priesthood, that role of that role of like leader and giver of love comes mm-hmm. more naturally yeah. to to men. So. Right. right. Well, a lot to think about. Yeah, that was really yeah. nice. So. You're going to pray us out or do you have any? Oh, wait, do we throw the dart first? Wow. 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 We are out of practice. We are out. We almost forgot to pray. Now we're forgetting to throw the dart. But yeah, then I will pray us out. The Holy Spirit, whom Christ the head pours out on his members, builds, animates, and sanctifies the church. She is the sacrament of the Holy Trinity's communion with men. It's the in brief section. Animates. That's a great word. Mm -hmm. All right, where are we going? I don't know. Where do you want to go today? <laughs> prayer. Can you go back to prayer? Where are we? we? We're still in the section on the creed. Okay. Born of the Virgin Mary, part okay. one, 484 through 494. 484 through 494. I feel like maybe we must have done part two. We might have before, done part two. Because that topic sounds familiar. This is great. We're going to get some incarnation, I think. Maybe we'll get something about Mary. Did you catch that? I did. That's a movie. Title. Thanks, Cameron. Uh-huh. Cameron Diaz was in that movie. She's Mary. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the 90s. Shout out to the 90s. Okay. What do I want to read? There were so many great quotes from 
saints. I'll tell you what, there's a quote in here that was found in paragraph 736 from St. Basil, and we will close our podcast today with that. Did you have anything else, Father? Nope. Okay, close with that. Through the Holy Spirit, we are restored to paradise, led back to the kingdom of heaven, and adopted as children, given confidence to call God Father and to share in Christ's grace, called children of light, and given a share in eternal glory.